We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. El Todos Hablamos McDonald's Deal. Porque cuando están decidiendo qué ordenar y la tía Carmen te dice... McNuggets, mijo. Y una de las hamburguesas con esa salsita. ¿Sabes? Ya tú sabes que eso significa una Big Mac. Y lo sabes porque tú también amas esa salsita. Hay un meal para cada cena familiar en McDonald's. Ordena por anticipado por el app de McDonald's y llévate dos de tus favoritos, como McNuggets de 10 piezas y una Big Mac por solo 6 dólares. Precios y participación pueden variar. Producto individual a precio regular. This week on the Garage Beers Podcast, hockey is back. And in just a couple of days, 24 National Hockey League teams are going to go head-to-head to see who can battle it out in an extended battle for the Stanley Cup. And to talk about it here on the Garage Beers Podcast, we have from the Columbus Blue Jackets, their color analyst and former enforcer, Jody Shelley joins us in the garage. Jody's going to tell us about his career, his feelings on what hockey is doing, and we're going to do a preview of every series in this qualifying round. All that plus our garage beers of the week. So come on up the driveway, pull out your favorite lawn chair, crack open a cold one, and join us for Garage Beer. All right, and welcome on in to the Garage Beers podcast, a special hockey edition of the Garage Beers podcast as we come to you on, well, nearly the eve of the NHL reboot. And we've got a good one for you, a great special guest about to join us. But before we bring him in, we're going to do our quick introductions around the horn. Uh, As always, we've got the three hosts. I am Michael Keefe. You can find me on Twitter at Garage Beers Mike over here on the west side of Cleveland, over on the east side of Cleveland. In the garage, as always, at Garage Beers, Chad. We got Chad Meyer. What's going on, Chad? Uh, guys, I am already three garage beers deep, <laughs> packing for vacation with 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 two kids. With one kid, it was like it was like okay because we only need a certain amount of stuff. But man, with two kids, it just doubles. And then and and then this week, the, the wife decided that this week was the time to get house projects done because we, we got to scramble. We got to scramble to get house projects done. Uh, oh, why? So the nobody that's going to be here for the week can look and see that we've got a new curtain rod. <laughs> oh yeah, I, I talk about my I talk about that with my wife all the time. We got to clean the house for the ghosts in the house while we're gone. But then she says, "Oh, it's got to be nice when we get back." I get it. So Chad's over there on the east side, down there in Nashville, Tennessee. Joey Whalen, what's going on, Joe? You ever like uh, go pick up some uh, dog droppings and there's a hole in the bag? Oh, oh no. no. Yeah. Well, yeah. You know. That happens, your dog, your that dog's the size today. of a horse. 
yeah. how big was the hole? Uh, it's big enough, big enough where it mattered. Uh, but we're good. Hands are clean. Uh, ready to get this podcast going. All right, we're gonna get it going. And uh, uh, before we get into our garage beers of the week segment, we are really excited to bring in our special guest. He is a uh, uh, he was a 13 year NHL veteran. Uh, played with the Columbus Blue Jackets here in Ohio, also with the Sharks, Rangers, and Flyers, uh, where he, over the course of his career, led led the league in penalties for fighting, 173 over that time, one of the great stats uh, that I could look up. Currently, he's the color analyst for the Columbus Blue Jackets, and he is also their uh, their ambassador for the team. We're really excited to bring in Jody Shelley. Jody, welcome to the Garage Beers podcast. Well, thank you very much. My pleasure to be here, guys. Well, we are going to get into some hockey Uh, We're going to break down, we're going to talk a little bit about your career, which is, I think, going to be a lot of fun. Uh, We're also going to break down uh, all the matchups going on in this NHL reboot. But before we get into that, uh, as always, we start with our Garage Beers of the Week. And Jody, uh, we always let our guests go first because we have manners here. And so what do you have for your Garage Beer of the Week this week? Well, there's a lot of great local companies, and I've had many, many brew dogs over the, the quarantine. They they uh, they were nice enough to hook me up with some uh, cannon blasts. But tonight, I'm going to go with a North High IPA called Rise. Ooh. Just found it at uh, at the local grocery store, and uh, been been uh, chasing the IPAs lately. So this looks like a good local one that I'm going to crack. There we go. Yeah. So I'm in the garage now, officially, right? Jody's in the garage. Officially, we are so excited for that. I actually have a couple of those beers in my fridge over here, so uh, they're pretty tasty. Mm-hmm. You enjoy that one, and, and way to stay on brand with the Columbus. Uh, Absolutely. And the partners of the Blue Jackets got to like that. Uh, next on the garage beers list, we're going to send it to Nashville. Joey, what is your garage beer of the week this week? I have uh, from Boulevard Brewing Company, I have the unfiltered wheat beer. Um, I've had like some unfiltered things before, and I'd rather say this just is like a little cloudy. I don't think it's like super unfiltered maybe, but uh, it's really good. It's nice and light, uh, nice and uh, juicy as we like to uh, have our beers on the podcast. So uh, having a good time with it. All right. You enjoy that one. A little unfiltered. All right, Chad, what do you have over there in the garage? Well, I got a first, I got a repeater. This can be the first repeater on the uh, Garage Beers podcast. Uh, just, I'm going with Collision Bend again. I'm going with Lake Erie Sunset American Wheat Ale, guys. A Cleveland beer, bringing it back week two. He must have liked it, and he must not have gotten to the store this week. Well, yeah, and I don't want to leave uh, a beer left over waiting for me in the fridge when I get home, so uh, to drink it all. Those are the best kinds of beers, Chad. Those are welcome back beers. Yeah, I got to drink them all. <laughs> I got to drink them all, though, before we leave. Looks uh, like you know it. what? You, you enjoy it. We don't have any rules against repeater beers here. All beers are good beers, so... Uh, I'll wrap it up on the uh, garage beers of the week. And I, you know, Jody, you went with, uh, you stayed on brand. You went with some partners of the blue jackets over there. I'm going to go with the, uh, I couldn't help myself, but to go with the official uh, beer partner of the NHL uh, as of 2018, I believe uh, we've got a Labatt blue. Labatt blue. Wow. Just a classic, delicious Canadian Pilsner. Good old Labatt blue. Uh, and never, uh, never a bad uh, choice. No, you can't. How do you go wrong with a, a Labatt Blue? And and as we're getting ready for hockey to start in the summer, which is weird, uh, we're we're bringing it in. We're bringing it in. And especially, I went with the uh, the real big tall boy cans. Nice. I don't even know how big these are. This is like just don't let ounces. it get warm on you. 
No, it will <laughs> yeah. not get warm. And you know what? Even if it does, here at Garage Beers, we drink warm beers. It's fine. Right on. Well, the other <laughs> brand we have is Land Grant. And they've been, I don't know if you guys get them up in Cleveland, but they are phenomenal. I just love how they keep kicking out new beers. Uh, it's just it's just fun to drink the local beers. I like the Labatt, of course, but the locals, and they keep exploring new options. It's it's just an adventure, isn't it? Oh, yeah. It is an adventure. But I thought, you know, you being our guest, uh, obviously being a Canadian, mm-hmm. uh, went with the uh, hockey being the, the Canada's national pastime. This is the official beer of the NHL. we got to bring a Canadian beer on, on the podcast. Solid choice. Got to go with it. It's a, it's a far cry from what Mike usually has, Jody. Usually he has some, like, 12% rare <laughs> IPA with, with hops from the finest fields in, in, in play. <laughs> He's toned it down. Listen, two tall boy Labatt Blues are going to do just fine for me. Thank you. <laughs> there you go. That'll get the job done. Yeah, that'll do it. That's right. All right. Well, fellas, those are our garage beers of the week. Cheers to all you guys. Cheers to the listeners out there. And uh, and let's talk a little Jody Shelley and let's talk some hockey. So, uh, as I said before, uh, joined here by Jody Shelley, current color analyst for the Columbus Blue Jackets, getting ready to call some games remotely from Columbus as the Blue Jackets uh, get ready to start their season there in Toronto. Um, uh, so as I said before, Jody played in the NHL for over a decade. Um, tell me, how do you feel about, how do you feel about your title? Cause what does everybody call you? Your, your, how you played in the NHL? Does everybody use the E word? How do you feel about that? I'm fine with it. You know, that's what I did. I was, uh, I was a goon. I was an enforcer. I don't feel like a goon. Um, you know, I don't, uh, I, I don't act like a goon. Uh, that was my job was to go out there and intimidate and stand up and stick up for uh, not only my teammates, but my organization. And I loved going into rough buildings and letting our guys know, Hey, no one's going to mess with us. I'll go. I'll be the first guy in, so to speak. And uh, yeah, enforcer goon, whatever you want to call it. You know, there's, there's, there's other things, but uh you know, I have, a, I have an 11-year-old son and a 10-year-old daughter. It's uh, sometimes tough to explain to them what I did, <laughs> why I did it, uh, how, you know, why it was my choice. Uh, and then they see YouTube and they're like, that's not you, Dad. I'm like, thank you, thank you. <laughs> that was a different Jody Shelley. <laughs> yeah, can you say that? That was the old me. This is the yeah, new yeah. me. <laughs> Jody, I know a lot of guys, you know, sometimes was this a role? When did you discover that this was the role that you were going to be in the NHL? Because I know some guys don't want to, but they figure out that that's the role they can, they can carve out for themselves in the league. Was that something that you always knew or did it kind of just organically happen? Or how did you figure, how did you know that you were just like, this is what I'm going to be in the NHL? Well, it couldn't happen more organically, Chad. I was 18 years old going to a major junior tryout. I got a tip from a guy, and I'd never been in a fight, on or off the ice. I had not ever struck anybody, <laughs> never been punched in the face, and never thought of striking another person. Um, this guy that had went, had played major junior before me, saw one of the guys who was going to camp, and this guy was being, he was on billboards, he was doing radio shows. It was an expansion team called the Halifax Mooseheads over 25 years ago. And I was a local kid going to camp, and this guy told me, he said, hey, Jody, you should try dropping the gloves with this guy. And I'm like, you got the wrong person, man. I've <laughs> never done that. I'm going to go there and try to, like, you know, be a hockey player. 
And he said, listen, it might be a great way to, to uh, leave an impression or make, a, make an impression. There's going to be 90 guys at camp. Just think about it. I ended up dropping the gloves with this guy. Uh, did okay. And then I realized that the only way that I was going to fill the role, actually, one of the assistant coaches came up to me after three days of camp. I had had one fight, and that was it. He said, you know, you've had a great start to camp. And if you want to play like you're five foot two, we've got 35 guys lined up to play that way. But if you want to play like you're six foot two, you might have a chance. And the light bulb went on, ding. And I said, oh. So I took that and I fought and I fought and I fought for three years in junior in the East Coast Hockey League, in the American League. And then <laughs> that carved me out a job in the National Hockey League. So started with the tryout and a tip. And it ended up being my vehicle to take me in many places to meet many different people. Uh, and it was, at, when I look back, I think, how did I do that? But I also think if I had to do it exactly the same way, I would do it over the exactly the same way. Oh, that's wonderful. I, and, you know, I, I love that. We'll go in the middle here, but I love the beginning to the end. I love the starting as the enforcer and the goon and, and, and just, just the way that's perceived from fans and, and media and all that to, I love part of your title now is ambassador for the blue jackets. Yeah. <laughs> you go from like goon to ambassador. Right. That's my favorite transition. I think ever. <laughs> I think it's, you know, it, it really, you know, we're all ambassadors, right? I mean, we work wherever you work or, you know, you represent your family, you represent your, your job, you represent your company. Uh, whenever you're walking around the streets, if you're an electrician, everyone wants to talk to you about, the fridge isn't working or, you know, something happens with, with my outlet. Uh, if you're a doctor and you're at the pool and you're sitting beside a doctor, you, you know, they're going to ask you questions about their sore ankle or, of course, the pandemic. And so right. when you're with the hockey team, you know, when you go to church or wherever you go, uh, you're an ambassador. So, yeah, it is funny how it's evolved. Um, you know, when I signed up for this job, I, I told them, you know, I'm excited. But uh, you have a great mascot in Stinger. I don't need to be the mascot, but I'd <laughs> yes. like to be the ambassador. So <laughs> we're all kind of in that role. I love it. Do you look back? Do you ever like look back and think? Because again, just just looking up your stats and looking up, you know, just the information from your playing days, and, and when you look at it and see, over the course of your career, you led the entire NHL in penalties for fighting. A hundred and seventy-three penalties for fighting over the course of your NHL career, like. When you look back on it, what do you what do you think of that? Well, I knew my mindset. I was I'm proud of it actually. That's I mean, awesome. <laughs> because uh, I'm very proud of it. You know, there was always someone to fight. Uh, when, it's funny when I run into guys now that I played against, and they always say, "Oh, we knew when we went to Columbus. Shelley wanted it. Shelley wasn't going <laughs> to take a night off. He wanted to go. You know what I mean? I always enjoyed it. I I, I enjoyed." seeing how my teammates reacted. I enjoyed how proud they were of having me in their corner. I enjoyed looking across at some of the stars and knowing that they were settled, knowing that I had their back and I was going to be the crazy guy to go out there and stir it up and end up doing something crazy. Um, it's a unique role. And when you're looked upon to do that role, you got to have courage. Uh, it's a one-on-one -on -one challenge. I don't know if I'll ever have that one-on-one -on -one challenge again. It's, you know, sometimes it's, you got to really build up the courage to ask the fight. You don't know if the fight's coming. Um, so there's a lot that went into it. But I'm, I'm proud that, you know, I not only did it, I got through it. I got through it with my health. Uh, I'm able to talk about it, laugh about it, joke about it. Um, 
But I remember if I went three games without a fight, I mean, I had to fight the next game. I wasn't – you don't want to become, um, as Mike Ruff would say, irrelevant. Uh, that guy jabbed me once in the HBO series. But, what, you know, you don't want to be – you don't want someone else coming in and take your job. You want to stay busy, but you also want to stay sharp. So I remember I would go three, three games at the most, and then I'd have to drop the gloves again. Gotcha. No, you start having the shakes, just the withdrawals. When, when I was out of it? Yeah, yeah. When you went, if you went three games without a fight, you just yeah, exactly. I'd be like, wouldn't be able to sleep. I'd be itching, and you know, I'd be like, oh, I gotta get out of here. <laughs> was there Did anyone? Had, oh, go ahead, Chad. Was there anyone you were ever scared to fight, Jody? Like, I mean, you've had some legendary fights. I mean, obviously, you know, the Bob Probert. You know, yeah, that. I was scared when I fought. When I asked Bob Probert to fight, I was genuinely scared. I thought my career was over, and. um <laughs> You know, it was, I told the story many times, but it was a TV timeout in Chicago. He was late in his career. He didn't have to oblige. I asked him, I didn't want to ask him. I heard my, I heard my voice. And I remember thinking, what have you done? I heard my voice say, do you want to go? And I was like thinking, put those words back in your mouth. You don't, you know, hopefully it doesn't hit his eardrums. And he, his, he just looked at me and said, I don't care. And I thought, great, that's great. I've got like 20 seconds here. Uh, the game was on coast to coast in Canada, so I had 26 to 26 or 20 seconds to kind of digest what was about to happen. And I thought that was it. This is it. This I remember. I remember like it was yesterday that I was the feeling of thinking. Well, yeah, I honestly think I said to myself, oh, "I was a good run, whatever." Um, and we ended <laughs> no. up fighting three times that game, and then we fought the first period of the next game because we played them at home two nights later. Uh, but I mean, I can't. I mean. The respect I had for him going in, it's triple or, or ten to, tenfold. Uh, he didn't have to fight me. And then that allowed me to make a mark in the league back before Twitter and Facebook and, and the Internet, really. Uh, it was all just highlights from, uh, you know, from, from SportsCenter. So, um, yeah, that's when, I was, that's when I was the most – that's when I was scared. That, one, that was probably when I really remember I was scared. Other than that, I was anxious. I'll, I'll explain it to you, like – you know it's coming, but you're not sure. Is the other guy going to fight? Is he going to fight yet? Uh, I got to think about playing hockey too. And then um, you just want to get it over with. And once you've gone through it, you're like, oh, it wasn't as bad as I thought. So your anticipation sometimes gave you more anxiety than really how bad the fight was. If you don't know what Jody was talking about there in that story, back in 2002, Blue Jackets against the Blackhawks, uh, iconic moment. <laughs> especially in hockey fighting, because the next time this happened was in 2016. So it's, it's this does not happen often, but Jody fought Bob Probert from the Blackhawks uh, three times in one game, one time in each period. So every period, they threw down their gloves and went at it. What even, like, why did that happen? Like, what made you say, hey, you want to you do this? Uh, well... The game was on coast to coast back in Canada. I knew all my buddies were watching. I was shoulder to shoulder with the baddest man in the NHL. I knew I owed it to myself to ask. Um, I never let an opportunity go by. And I was willing. I remember the struggle I had to think, no, ask him next shift. Don't ask him now. But I thought, no, I got to ask him. So I asked him. And when the fight doesn't go real well for me, I always tell the opponent, we're going again. I always, it was just like part of my emotion. I didn't want them to think 
that they were off the hook. You know what I mean? Sometimes they, they want to fight and they forget. They got it out of the way. They can go around and play hockey. I wanted him to think, you're not done. I didn't think he heard me. He didn't acknowledge me. So we sat in the box for five minutes. Second period, the next shift I had against him, he came and bumped me and I turned around and he was ready to go. And I was like, oh, I guess right. you heard me. <laughs> there we go. So um, we fought and I did really well. I cut him open. And, you know, I'm in the, I get sent to the lock, you know, after it was at the end of a period. So I get, I'm sitting in the locker room by myself. I remember the rink attendants at the time who are still there uh, in Chicago. And every time I go back, they have the same smirk on their face. I walked in the locker room and they had the biggest look, like their eyeballs were like popping. And they're like, can we get you a Gatorade? Can we get you a towel? I just like done well against Bob Probert. And I'm like, I'm good, guys. I'm good. My teammates come pouring in. They're like, oh, my God, you just, you just, you just cut Bob Probert. I'm like, yeah, this is terrible. I've heard when you cut Bob Probert, he's going to get you back, whether it's the next minute, the next day, the next year. It doesn't matter. He's coming for me. And then we got to, I got to go back out there after this intermission's done. Like, I'm all, it's over. So, sure enough, final shift in the third period, uh, Dave King throws me out. Throws me over the board. He said, Jody, get out there, but don't fight him. I was like, Kinger, I have to fight him. He wants to kill me. He's like, well, okay, but don't take an extra two-minute penalty. I'm like, okay. I don't know how you do that, but how would I take an extra two? He's going to knock my head off. Thank you. So uh, I went out, and he was ready for me, and we fought again. And uh, then after three fights, you get kicked out. So that, I was relieved to get in the locker room and take <laughs> yeah, my equipment thank God. off. <laughs> I love the politeness of the whole thing. Right. I like the, Very courteous. Yeah. The, the politeness of just like, uh, he bumped me. I turned around. We locked eyes, and it was like, oh, let's fight. <laughs> it's kind of wild, isn't it? It's, it really is hard to explain, but you're always ready. You're always on edge. You know, even when you have the puck, you know where the other guy is. Like, you know, they're circling or they're coming to run you over. Or they're doing something else. So, yeah, you're always on edge, I guess. I guess. Yeah. For those who don't know, I mean, Bob Probert is, is the one of arguably the most feared fighter ever in Chapel. So, highlights of his fights, and it was. It was insane. So the fact that you stood toe to toe with him, Jody, that, uh, that that definitely had to earn you some respect around the league. Well, God rest his soul. You know, yeah. he died way too young. Yeah. Um, yeah, of course. But I can't tell you how much. I mean, he didn't have to do that. He could have easily said, "Get out of here, no way." And I would have said, "Thank you," and skated away. <laughs> you know what I mean? Uh, he had that. I mean, that's the type of respect I had for him. Do you ever have a chance to like talk about it with him after that or, or never, not? you know what? Never. I did go to his funeral. I'd never met him. I never said a word to him, but uh, I had a tremendous amount of respect for him. And, and um, I just, I, I, it's unfortunate, but I never did. I heard he was a great guy. Pretty cool to be locked into a, just a classic moment in a major yeah. sport like that with somebody <laughs> like that too. Yeah. And your role, I mean, you said it before your role, the enforcer role, the goon role, it's unlike anything in any sport. Yeah, at least in, in North America, yeah, there, there, there is nothing like that in baseball no. or football or basketball. Uh, so, uh, you know, really cool to just kind of have that really unique carved out role that's only there in hockey. Uh, and you had yeah. it right, right from the beginning. Uh, yeah. So it's changed. It's changed now and, and, yeah. and that's fine. And, and that's good. But, uh, yeah, it's so unique. I mean, and that's what one of our fascinations about our sport is that, you know, if you you want if you want to settle this, we can. We can just drop the gloves and punch each other in the face, and then you know go to the box and forget about it. 
and there's no suspensions. There's no. It's just let, yeah. Let's just let's just duke it out and move on. Need to move that in some of the offices. Uh, check with HR first, but that's not a bad way to straighten out a few things in the office. <laughs> I'm proposing that to my company. Yeah, you should. You should bring that up. <laughs> so, uh, just kind of walking through the career, um, it's kind of an interesting start because you uh, you played for the St. John Flames in the AHL. And then you got signed by Calgary, but never played for them, right? Right. So then you stuck with St. John for a little bit. And then in 2000, you came to Columbus, played for the Blue Jackets in one game. And I love this because it was such a great encapsulation and preview of what the career was going to look like. In, one, in your one game you played for Columbus in 2000 or 2001, uh, you rack up 10 penalty minutes just right off the bat. Just boom, come in, rack up the penalty minutes. And then you never look back, averaging like more than 200 penalty minutes per year your whole yeah. career. Well, that first game, I was in uh, Syracuse playing for the Crunch. And I was fighting everyone. And their enforcer here they first got uh, was Christoph Olawa, and he got traded to Pittsburgh. And when he got traded, he left on bad terms. And he was coming back February 17th, 2001. Mm-hmm. So I was in Syracuse. And I got the tap on the shoulder from the head coach. He said, you're going to be going up this week. I was like, yeah, right. He said, no, seriously, let's work on your quick feet. Let's get ready for this. I was like, okay. (laughs) So I flew to Columbus. I got my NHL dream came true. I got to come to Columbus, Ohio, part of the uh, National Hockey League. And um, I was there to fight Olua. I knew I was going to fight Olua. So first shift, I'm lined up. But I didn't see Steve McKenna was on the ice. And here he comes, like, he comes across to grab me. I look up, he's like six foot nine. I'm like, what? <laughs> so it's off a of face off. So like four seconds go off the clock from the time the puck hits the ice. till when the timer says, Oh, there's a fight click probably took one second for that to happen. But anyways, um, and then the next shift, uh, that I get, I'm down in the, uh, defensive zone and there's all of us. So I'm like, Oh yeah. Okay. Well, let's, now we're going to do this. So we did it again click the 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 timer started was four seconds it was probably another one second on the ice i got credit for eight seconds of ice time (laughs) two two fights but it was really zero seconds of ice time two fights i mean i didn't skate anywhere i just stood on my skates and fought these two guys and then i got a couple more shifts later but and after the game i got the plane ticket uh back to syracuse see you later And you probably, but you probably get on that plane with just the biggest smile on your face. Like, yes, like, did that just happen? Yeah, it was <laughs> crazy, man. It was wild. I mean, it was the Pittsburgh Penguins. It was Mario Lemieux. Um, it was one of my idols growing up. It was something that I can't even explain it to you. You know, like uh, it was, uh, it, I floated through the whole thing. It, it was like, it was like watching a movie, but, and then as everything's happening around you, you're like, just don't wake me up. This it was it was amazing. I love it. So you talked about how it's a little different now, yeah. uh, especially enforcer life. Yeah. How and why uh, is it a good thing that it's a little different now? And 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 when did that? You know, what caused that shift? Well, I think health and safety is one thing. I think that um, you know the awareness of concussions, the optics of the league. The evolution of the game, the speed of the game, uh, NHL has gotten so much faster. Uh, the skill has gotten so much higher. 
uh, that that's a valuable spot on the fourth line is to have someone that could kill penalties, skate a little better, uh, be more effective in, in different situations. Um, so that's a valuable spot that's evolved. Every player now that comes in the National Hockey League has to wear a visor. Uh, so when I came in, there were still a couple guys that uh, didn't wear helmets. Uh, or just that did just got phased out. Um, so a lot of guys just didn't wear visors. And now everyone wears a visor, almost everyone. I think Chara and maybe nine other guys don't wear visors still, which when you think about it, it's pretty crazy, don't you think? Crazy. Uh, but, but so that, that, you know, all these things, and at the amateur level, they've in, implemented rules for health and safety for these young guys so that if you have 10 fights, uh, your 11th fight, you're suspended for, two, suspended for two games. If you have 12 fights, you're suspended for four games. So it's more, you know, it's, it used to be a real role of accountability and character on a team. Um, now there's, they've really phased it out. There's not a lot of room for it. There's still a lot to fight, but there's not that real designated guy that you know and I knew and everyone knew. Watch that guy. If something happens, he's going to settle it. Yeah, I feel like there's more, pe- like, I, I would call them more pests now, like like Marchand, like Kachuk, like Wilson. Yeah. Like, well, actually, Tom, Tom Wilson could like is is kind of an enforcer like he he's he's kind of a, he's kind of an enforcer stuck in the new school but he, he seems like he'd be that old school which fit that old school role but uh you know like you said today's game has changed right now but it wasn't seems like that type of guy no like big and physical yeah well, well Tom Wilson is what every enforcer wanted to become so you know it's like anywhere once you get your foot in the door like you know if I could have moved up to power play play on the first line, make 5 million bucks, sign me up. <laughs> but, uh, you know, but, but we kind of got, you know, you, you want everyone, every one of us wanted to evolve away from it, but that's what got us there. That was our role to the end when we played. And that's just how it was. So yes, Wilson came in and I felt like he came in at a perfect time. If he had come in four years earlier, he might've got tilted the other way where he was a third and fourth line guy who was just hitting and fighting guys, because he had that skill set. He can do that. But he went the other way, good for him, and he became – he got to show – we all came in with skill. We all came right. in. We could. We can play hockey. Every one of the guys can play hockey. Bob yeah. Prober went to the All-Star game a few times. Yes. There's a skill set there that we have. Uh, but, you know, we, we were slotted, and, and, and we didn't get to – a lot of us didn't get to go up in the lineup. So that's just how it evolved. So Wilson um, – uh, what's his name out in Vegas – uh, why am I forgetting his name right now? Ryan Reeves. Ryan Reeves, exactly. Uh, you know, he's a guy also, like, if we kept him busy every second night and he had to fight and keep fighting, you know what? He, you don't really get a chance to play those roles. So, yeah, uh, that's the modern-day enforcer. That's the perfect – that's the ideal. Anytime you can have a guy that can fight and play and be a great guy in the room, um, you know, that's what you're looking for. So, in your role – uh, I guess there's questions. I, I'm sure you answer these questions all the time. Uh, who hit you the hardest? <laughs> and I've never and, been asked that. I can't believe that. There we go. Uh, who hit you the hardest? And did you ever have a fight that led to like a long-term grudge? Did you ever have a situation that like was just this long-term drawn-out <laughs> grudge that just constant conflict oh uh, there's a guy darcy hordachuk who i played against in nashville we played nashville eight times a year and he would tell me things like no no we're not gonna fight i can't fight tonight and then the next thing i look at him and he's got his gloves off and he's getting the first one in and he'd always cut me and i would be so pissed off i'd be like you 
You know what I mean? Here I am, the big slow idiot. Like, like, what do you like? Really? So then I'd be so mad. Um, <laughs> I, I'm not a big slow idiot, but I felt like one at the time. Uh, whoever hit me the hardest, I you know what? Um, I think Matt Johnson. Yeah. Matt Johnson played for the Minnesota Wild, and that guy was tough. And he hit me square in the helmet. He was, he did, thank God he didn't hit me in the head. But he hit me in the helmet. And I, I felt, I thought the back of my head cracked. That's how hard he hit me. So, oh, man. <laughs> and I think he broke my helmet. So I think that's the hardest I've been punched. Broke your helmet? <laughs> yeah. Oh, God. That's like, that kind of stuff, I mean... With with enough fights, it's probably hard. hard. With enough fights, it's probably hard to think back to all of them. But yeah, it's pretty incredible well, that you I remember, remember that think one. I remember most of them. Wow. Yeah. That grudge all... still today. Like if you saw Darcy on the street, would you go, "You <laughs> a bitch"? No, no. no. <laughs> I'm well past that now. Now my, you know, later in my career, I would still, even when he wasn't around, I was like, "That Hordachuk." If I see that dude in the stands, played, I'm going up no, over the glass. But now, no, no. He, I heard great things about him a long time ago. He's a good guy. I, I, is there like a special bond? Like, is there an enforcer bond? It's respect. It's respect. I think, you know, when you understand what someone does and how, what they have to do to get there and go through it. And, and uh, you know, when I, if I'm going to fight you, Michael, and, nope. and but let's just say we are. <laughs> I know you, you're going to give everything. You're going to give your best. You know what I mean? You're going to battle. I'm going to battle. And at the end of it, you gave your best. I gave your best. No one got hurt. Uh, and if I did take it, you know, if I did get the better of you, I, the respect is so mutual. You just move on. I, I think that's a human nature thing. I don't know. I, I'd have to go. I, who knows? But that's how it is. You just re, There's a high level of respect for each other for what you do. And then to, to uh, battle each other. You're not mad when you're doing it. You're not. You, you yeah. don't hate the person. You're just. You're just defending your territory. Listen, two things, Jody. If you and I go at it, everybody's losing respect for me. Everybody. <laughs> no, no, no. <laughs> surprise. That whole thing is. You no. remember, always stand up for yourself. <laughs> yeah, You'll get more respect. That's a good reminder. But you know, I, I get bossed around here. Face. I get bossed around here by a little five foot one, like hundred and barely hundred pound little person that runs around uh, telling me to mop the floors and stuff. And, and, and good. that gets me. So listen, I, I stand no chance. I also like to think that there's like an enforcer convention. Like they come to Columbus and they stay at the brew dog hotel, all the classic <laughs> enforcers and they just get together and like, they're all buddies, but they threaten everybody else around them. I think you should start that. I think there should be a national enforcer convention. I think that's a great idea. And, and maybe we'll uh, invite some good folks like you guys because you'd get a great kick out of it. You'd be amazed at how uh, – like I've met Joey Kosher, who's one of the baddest guys that's ever played, has the most respect, not the biggest guy, but one of the most feared. And you sit there and marvel at how great of a guy he is and how he loves to tell stories and – engages in a lot of things and a lot of people so uh there's a responsibility i think as an as a as a pro athlete but i think as an enforcer it's nice for people to understand they probably don't expect much you know as far as conversation or or uh or, or taking time or thoughtfulness i guess we could have a pass just to grunt and move on like a meathead i guess but uh we're not like that Honestly, that's all I do. I would just sit there and watch in awe and just listen to stories. Be like, I'd be like, oh, hey, uh, Jody Shelley, uh, go. 
yeah. Don't well, hit me. We, I like that idea. We could we we should uh, maybe try that at convention. Listen, we are we're in. We will we will the Garage Beers podcast will officially cover that. Uh, so we're going to get into a little bit of life after hockey, but there's one more game specific that I want to ask you about. So it's after you move on uh, to San Jose, uh, yeah. you're playing for the Sharks, and you set the Sharks all-time record. You know what I'm going to ask you about. You set yeah. the Sharks all-time record in penalty minutes in one game for with 41 penalty minutes in one game. What? That's a 60-minute game, right? <laughs> yeah, how did you do that? <laughs> Well, so I go to San Jose, and it's one of the best teams in the league. I mean, we have everyone. We're we're set to win a Stanley Cup. It's we're awesome, and I'm a part of this team. Joe Thornton, Rob Blake, Jeremy Roenick. I mean, yeah. Dan Boyle, Patrick Marlowe. It's it's unbelievable. So we're in Dallas, and you know Dallas is a pretty big rival with us. Yep. and they have Steve Ott. And Steve, oh, uh, talk about pests. You th- I, I think there was more back then, and I think that was a Tyson Nash, Steve Not, Steve Ott. It's a it's a tougher role because you got to stir it up, and then you got big guys trying to track you down. Anyways, that's another another show. <laughs> Steve Ott uh, ends up. I think he went after Joe Thornton, or he fought Joe Thornton. And um, so part of my job was to send a message to the league. Not not just to the, the person that did it. Send a message to the league that this is unacceptable. And I love, you know, those are messages I love sending. Because, A, I'm sending it to not only to Joe Thornton, but our entire team, our entire organization. Like, this, we don't stand, this doesn't happen here. No one fights this guy. Um, yeah. And then, you know, in the league, I want them all to know, like, oh, I better not touch Thornton. And then how does he feel? He feels great. So, yeah. next time Steve Ott's on the ice, I look at the coach and I say, I'm going. And he's like, what i said i'm going so i hop over the boards he held someone back on a line change and i chased steve ott around the ice and then i finally got a hold of him and you know now he's in a position where i can't punch him but i'm just throwing these punches to whatever i can land just trying to i just jumped them right um so i got kicked out for that (laughs) it was a bit of a bit of a mayhem but the greatest part about it was i'm in the locker room i think joe was already maybe he had already got kicked out or someone had already gotten kicked out but we're standing at that. So then Ryan Klo gets kicked out. Then Patrick Marlowe gets kicked out. Then, oh. you know, so it was kind of like, like, well, I want to get kicked out. So this whole <laughs> chain of events happened. And it, it's a, it was really a fun part. When you get kicked out and you're sitting watching in the locker room to see who's coming next, it is, it is so much fun. <laughs> Cracking some beers uh, in the locker room. Let's we go. We were kind of going, it was kind of contagious what was happening. Like, forget the game. Who's going? <laughs> <laughs> so that's what I did. I jumped Steve Ott after he fought uh, Joe Thornton. Yeah, pretty soon it's just Joe Thornton out there by himself. Yeah. Where is <laughs> hell? <laughs> I pot going on in the locker room going, oh, okay, who's going to be next, boys? Who's going to be next? Yeah, and then Patrick Marlowe comes in. You're like, wow. Okay. Congrats. <laughs> Good job. <laughs> this is weird. You're like a teddy bear. <laughs> yeah, I think Dougie Murray might have get kicked out. There was a bunch of them. It's awesome. Now, Joe, uh, uh, Jody, getting into your you know post career, I mean, obviously you've been in uh, Columbus basically ever since. What made you decide to put down roots in Columbus and and, and made you be like, yeah, this is where I want to be? You know what? It was uh, this place to me was amazing. It spoke to me right away. My first game, it was incredible. Um, 
I met my wife here is, is the real honest and hard hard reason. I mean, that that that's really the reason why. My wife is from uh, the Hocking Hills area, which is just an hour and a half south of here. Uh, she was a school teacher down there and met her here, and we've always come back. No matter where we've been, one of our uh, children were, was born here. My daughter, Evelyn, was born here in Columbus. My parents live in Edmonton, Alberta. I, you know, we lived in five different towns when I was growing up. West Coast, East Coast. My dad was a miner, so we moved a lot. Uh, I was the oldest of four kids. And, you know, it just, my wife has never moved and never been anywhere else. And we, we this is an amazing spot. And it's been good to me. It's been, uh, it's a real sports city. There's a lot of Buckeye guy, players, as you know, that retire here. Yeah. And it's for a good reason. It's because it, it's a quality living. It's great. It's a great location. It's a city that's on, on the rise all the time. It's, it's in the mix with a lot of things that are happening uh, nationally and internationally. And for me to be a part of a, a major league sports franchise, uh, this was a no-brainer. And so, number one, my wife. Number two, the connections and the people and the connection I made with the community. Um, and the, the other reason is my parents live in northern Alberta. And it's a tough sell, especially oh. in April when it's still 30 below. <laughs> Oh, man, that's why uh, that's why a former guest of our podcast, what, about two months ago, a month and a half ago, we had uh, Hall of Famer Grant Fuhrer on the podcast. No way. Wow. Yeah. And uh, my favorite, uh, obviously from Edmonton, uh, but he's out there in like Palm Springs now. Like, yeah, is he not <laughs> yeah. going back? That's a no brainer. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so, oh. <laughs> yeah, it's a rough life for him out there. Yeah, right. Yeah, he's a good golfer, isn't he? He's a great golfer. Yeah. And we're going to get to golf in a second. But before we do that, obviously, you've got your career uh, now as a, as a, a commentator, um, a color analyst for the Blue Jackets. Is that something you kind of knew you always wanted to get into? Or, or kind of how did that pop up for you uh, after your career once you kind of came back to Columbus? No, I'll tell you, it wasn't. And especially when I was in Philly. I mean, Philly's a tough market, uh, especially yeah. – you know, a lot of newspaper writers, um, you know, they're, they're, they're brutal and they're honest in the same time. Brotherly love. It's tough. You know, if you're not doing great things, they're, they're pointing it out. And, and um, you know, it was there I started talking to, to guys, analysts like Keith Jones, Bill Clement, who were, would be on the team playing. And I picked his brain a little bit. It was, I was always curious about a lot of things uh, for post-hockey. My last year in the league, I was 37 years old. I knew I was done. I had a young family. So I explored a few things. Uh, had a lot of great relationships with a lot of people from all around the league. But when I got back to Columbus, Ohio, um, the McConnell family and the president of the Blue Jackets organization, Mike Priest, when they traded me in 2008, they said, when you're done with this hockey, you circle back and check in. John Davidson was the president. I wanted to be in hockey operations like every hockey player that retires. You want to be a GM or, you know, president, do, do great things. But he said, no, 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 broadcasting. You try it. And I'm like, no, no, no. <laughs> he, he pointed me in that direction. He said, the, life, the lifestyle, you'll be shocked at how great it is. Uh, it's a great way to stay around. I think you'd enjoy it. And he's been right. This is my seventh season doing it. I uh, started on radio, and, you know, we had Billy Davich here, a great hockey mind, great mentor. Uh, he's since retired and moved on, and I got to do the color commentating. It's remarkable. I mean, there's only 32 teams in the NHL now. 
and to land a job, any job in the organization. As a player, you think there's jobs all over the place, but when you retire, you realize how valuable they are. And I, I've been, I can honestly say blessed to be doing what I'm doing. And at, I never would have dreamt it, but I think uh, keeping good relationships, showing a lot of respect for people and being curious has led me to where I am. I know, see, you just started bringing up some great hockey announcers, play-by-play guys, color commentators, and you just had, now you got Doc Emmerich in my head. Who yeah, I think, right on. I think he's the best, not just because he's a fellow Bowling Green Falcon, uh, but just he's because phenomenal. I think in all of sports, he's just one of the great play-by-play guys, and we're going to get to hear him here soon. So not that we won't be listening to you guys, but, you know, it's Doc Emmerich. He's great. Right. He's awesome. <laughs> he's awesome. <laughs> His goals hall sent chills down my spine. I mean, oh, I, I mean, he, it's just amazing. But anyway, uh, he was made for hockey. Yeah, yeah, he absolutely was. <laughs> so let's talk a little golf real quick before we get into what's going on in hockey now, uh, because uh, we do want to uh, let you give a little shout out to something you've been doing for a while now, uh, which is the Jody Shelley Golf for Health uh, uh, Golf Tournament, basically up in Nova Scotia, right? Yeah, uh, Yarmouth, Nova Scotia. Um, yeah. You- I grew up there, small fishing community, lobster fishing community. And, you know, I had done a hockey school when I had played and I wanted, and that had passed on. And then I wanted to reconnect with the community. I wanted to have a golf tournament. And it just so happened that the Yarmouth Hospital Foundation wanted to have a golf tournament too. So I got so lucky because they organized it every year for 15 years. Uh, It got canceled this year. And I think it's officially done. I think our run is done. Uh, um, but it was an amazing event put on by amazing people. The hospital serves a big area down there. Um, and we would raise money for heart rate monitors, uh, MRI machines, uh, scanners. It, it was just so fulfilling to have the people that I grew up with. Uh, and selfishly, you go back for two days, you see everyone in one shot at the golf tournament and you pull out of town. <laughs> It was remarkable. So it was, we had a lot of fun. We raised a lot of money and uh, some great memories from that. Thanks for bringing that up. I'm set for the year, you guys. I, you know, it's great seeing you. I'll see you next. Yeah, yeah you, get, I mean, you, get, you get that one night with all those guys from high school. They're like, yeah. man, remember back in the day? Every time. Like, every time. <laughs> the same people working the lights at the same bar. It was like, a step back in time, but it was phenomenal every year. And we moved it around to different, uh, different golf courses and they would thank me. They, they were so thankful that I would, that I would show up and I would be like, say, I would say, no, honestly, thank you. Because it, it was, it felt like that roll in, roll out. And I got to see everyone and do good things. So. Now you, got like, now you got like streets named after you up there in Yarmouth. You've got, uh good people up there you got like jody shelley day up there right like th- that was one day that was when they named the street yeah that was a big day there for for me that's and, awesome uh, yeah yeah it was awesome yeah very cool so over there uh, make sure you cruise down there the rink's right there 45 cruise- jody shelley drive it sounds like they got golf courses so i'm in great <laughs> golf courses lots of lobster uh, good people Ooh. all good i'm in for all of that lobster and golf and beer of course. Let me know. Yeah, we'll go. Uh, so let's talk about a little bit about hockey now. And uh, thank you for thank you for uh, kind of rehashing the career. I'm sure we probably asked some questions you've answered a million times, but uh, uh, we appreciate Great. you going through that. It was awesome. But uh, 
So now hockey's starting up. Uh, we got a couple days now uh, before things really get going. Uh, if you're not familiar, uh, there's a lot of teams involved. I think it's 24 teams. Um, eight of those 24 teams, the top four seeds from the East and from the West, are basically guaranteed a spot in the normal playoffs, basically. Uh, but they're just going to play for the seeding of the top four. Uh, and then the rest of the teams are just the, – the next 16 teams are – are about to just battle it out head-to-head in in basically playoff series, uh, which is – I'm so excited to watch this. So before we kind of get into some of these series just real quickly, um, how do you feel about – what are your thoughts on the situation? What are your thoughts on the plan to come back uh, from the coronavirus and the shutdown and all that? And and how do you think they did coming up with a plan? uh, And how excited are you to watch it? Well, I'm very excited to watch it. I'm amazed at how great of a job they did with setting this up. I mean, three months ago, it seemed like, you know, you were you're better off trying to walk to the moon. You know what I mean? It was just yeah. like, it wasn't going to happen. Um, a lot had to be in place for this group to get to phase four. The players buy in to do all the testing and, and get together and, and, and be willing to go locked in a, in a bubble a literal, they're in a bubble in, in uh, two venues uh, to get the cities to agree to it, to, to get to the NHL to be able to set it, set it up. It's, been, it's, it's phenomenal. So I'm so impressed with how they did it. I'm so impressed by the players' buy-in. Uh, they're healthy. Every team is healthy. Every team is excited. You know, it's so disappointing when you lose out because you have to wait for the whole summer to end. You have to wait for training camp to be over. You have to get through the regular season to qualify, and then you finally get in. Well, this year, only seven teams are not in this. So it's going to be some of the best and most interesting hockey we've ever seen. It's going to be lacking the fans and the insight, the, the emotion of that and the enthusiasm. Uh, but the payoff is we get live sports. And uh, it's, it's, it's going to be – I'm so excited to see what's going on. And to have it in two cities, even though there's not going to be fans there, you know, the, the, you know it's going to be fun. Two cities like Edmonton and Toronto – uh that that just uh great places to watch hockey even if there's not going to be people there and the other thing is it's just going to be hockey all day all day all day today day day, long oh it's amazing yeah it's going to be great yeah i mean if you're a sports fan this this last period this these few months have been terrible but like we're about to get all day basketball all day hockey you got baseball back i mean just uh, just an incredible situation we're about to have you're going to have more than you can handle. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Get so ready. Real, real quick. Let's start. In, uh, let's break it down a little bit uh, just to get your thoughts, Jody, on, on, on uh, how you're feeling. Things are going to play out at least this first part. Uh, the top four seeds in the Western conference, you got St. Louis, Colorado, uh, Vegas, and Dallas, which I look at the top four and I, they all had amazing seasons, but what a hilarious kind of top four. Right. Uh, Right, you just said that three years ago. <laughs> oh, no. I mean, St. Louis, okay, but Colorado, Vegas, and Dallas. I mean, yeah. uh, what incredible years they had! Obviously, Vegas, uh, good since they started, really. But uh, mm-hmm. uh, just kind of your thoughts on the top four in the Western Conference, how you think that's going to play out, and and maybe uh, do you think that the uh, that the uh, probably the the team that's going to come out of the Western Conference comes from that group, or do you think it comes out from uh, other groups? I think it comes from that group. I really think my personal opinion is St. Louis. I think the advantage of this tournament is that 
you know, you really have to have the belief that you can win the Stanley Cup. I think for a lot of teams, it'll happen if they do make it past the first round or the second round when things, when there's really just a few teams left. I think you want to win it. I think you believe you can win it, but you don't honestly believe it until you're like the St. Louis Blues. They want it back. They want to have it back. Um, I think they're the team that comes out of the West. I would love to see Edmonton or Calgary or one of those teams that hasn't won in a while. Yeah. I would love to see fresh blood get in there. Uh, and saying the St. Louis Blues and out of that group, listen, Vegas is loaded up. Uh, they had disappointment their first year in the league going to the Stanley Cup Finals. Um, they've made a coaching change. So, you know, every team is very, has, has so many great arguments for it. Uh, Dallas is another team. I feel like they've just been underachievers for the last couple of seasons. Absolutely. And I think that's a dangerous group. They've got a nice big goaltender. They've got a couple good goaltenders. So when I look at those four teams at West, um, I favor, I think the safe one to favor is St. Louis because of my theory that understanding that you do have that belief in the locker room to repeat, it's there already. I think that gives them a head start. But in saying that, with this year and 2020, who knows? Is it going to Vegas out of the West? Who knows? It's, uh, it's such an intriguing and fascinating argument. Yeah, before yeah, I mean, before I get into the next series that I was talking about, Jody, uh, I that I want to talk about, Jody, I wanted to ask you, you know, you, it, it is a weird year, and you know, I was talking to Mike when going into this preview, it's like this would be the type of year where a team like I don't know Columbus, the Islanders, anybody else could sneak up, and, you know, and get hot and win the cup, and you know, I think one of my big keys is you know going into this 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 these qualifiers in this first round is. Who's going to be able to shake the rust off early? Like what, like if you're a player going into this, like, you know, or, or, you know, what's your mindset going in and what do you think some of these keys for this team in this first round are going to be? Well, it's, it's going to be the, I mean, the mindset is going to be that the players are so appreciative to get back to playing hockey. Um, but I think I wonder about some teams and, and how much total buy-in do they have? Like, do you really think we can win this Stanley cup? Are we really going to stay here for two months and try to do this? You know, the teams that can eliminate that mindset of even if it's two or three players, I mean, I know they're professionals. I know that they all want to win the Stanley cup, but when you get down two games to none, are you going to go through the wall to make sure that you win the next game? Like, there's just a human nature element of this. Your family's back home. This is a weird a year. Great point. You know what I mean? The, the buy-in comes in from the Capitals. I think the Capitals, they want the cup back. I think the St. Louis Blues want the cup back. I think Boston has something to prove. I think every team has something to prove. And I think every year, I, I, I believe this every year, because I think when you get to the when you get to the conference finals, I think that's when you really believe you have a chance. I think that's when you really think. Like, they all think they have a chance, but I think you have an honest, deep-rooted belief once you get to the finals because there's four teams left. And if you win this series, you go to Stanley Cup Finals, you don't know what, what can happen. So my point is there's a slight advantage to those teams that already – the Penguins that come to mind. That You know, yeah. they've won within the last four or five years. Um, 
you know, and, and maybe, maybe, I mean, everyone wants to have the Blackhawks or the Canadians, you know, come in and, and do things that they're not supposed to do. And why not? That would be awesome. Maybe they can. Right. But I just think the advantage from where we sit before a game has been played at all, you've got to lean a little bit towards those teams that really have a deep rooted belief that they have they're they're in this and they're locked in to a man, uh, till uh what is it two and a half months from now yeah jody that was a, a great point and, and something we you know we talk about sports as sports uh but sometimes you forget a little bit of the human element and 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 you know some of those teams that maybe aren't supposed to be there or maybe some of those teams that may not have full belief you're away from your family now like this isn't a normal sports setting where you are on a road trip and you're going to be back next week right. uh, this is you're gone for a couple months and and that's a hard thing to deal with as a just as a human being. That's uh, right. So that's you know I know Chad wants to get into uh, his team's series here first, uh, but I think that was an awesome point. So I'll I'll pass it over to Chad. Well, yeah, I know, I, but I, I I appreciate the points, Jody. I you know, but the t- series I want to talk about is you know the Blackhawks and Oilers uh, coming up. You know, two teams that are actually kind of very similar in the fact that you know, a lot of star power up front in the forwards, um, you, you know, but in, in back end, the defensive end, really young, you know, kind of, kind of, inex, you know, kind of inexperienced. I mean, obviously there's some experience there with Duncan Keith, but, you know, uh, it, but especially from the Oilers side, you know, from the Oilers side, they finally got some solid goaltending, but uh, a really defensive key in this series. How do you think this series, how do you see this series playing out? Well, I'm a, I'm an Oilers fan, so you know I, I like I love I stay up late to watch Connor McDavid. Yeah, um, I think Leon Drysital is an absolute yes. beast, and yes. I, I he's he gives players he's hard to play against, and but he's it's amazing to watch their okay. offense. The question is the goaltending for me. I mean, it can be deflating for the top players when. You know, they're, rel- they're relied upon so much to carry the weight of the offense. And then your, your goaltending and defensive zone is a mess. And it just never, you never can get your head above water. So I, want, I worry about that with the Oilers. Um, the high-flying game is nice to watch. It's fun to watch. It's entertaining to watch McDavid get those bursts two or three times a period. Yeah. Uh, but I'm not sure. I think if Crawford plays... Uh, the experience of the Chicago Blackhawks, I think they have some. I think they're, they're good with Kane and Taves and Crawford and Keith. Uh, you're talking about the back end. You know, I think when you give a team like that, that was so discouraged to be out of the playoffs, when you give them a little life, they're going to be a handful for the Edmonton Oilers. And I think that uh, I think that that's going to be a real problem. They beat St. Louis uh, in an exhibition game for nothing. Chicago yeah. did. Yeah. Um, so I don't know. I, I, I see that series. I, I, I think it, I think the experience is going to pay off, but I think the goaltending if Crawford's back and healthy and is playing on that game that they have confidence in. I hate to go against the others, but I think Chicago is going to take that series. Well, I think in a, of all the teams of all the teams <clears throat> that might benefit from what's happened, you've got yeah. Chicago uh, with, you know, these guys have been together a long time, but Kane mm-hmm. and Tate and, and Corey Crawford, you know, if he comes back, those guys being fresh coming into yeah. a series, 
Yeah. Uh, but I love the quote. I love that you called them beasts because that's what I wrote down in my notes about McDavid and Drysaddle, just beasts. Uh, they're beasts. And I love the quote I saw. The Oilers are a flawed team, but McDavid and Drysaddle are the makeup. Yeah, they are. It's the true. Makeup. I mean, but they can get frustrated. Yeah. You know what I mean? That's going to be the hard part is for them not to have that 100-yard stare after trying to do everything and then looking down a bit and looking at the score clock saying 3-2 Chicago. You yeah. know, that's, that's, that's the type of series they're going to have. Yeah. You know, I, I root for the Oilers every year because, I mean, I've, rooted, I've actually rooted for them because I, the, league, the league's just better when Edmonton is good. And you know, <laughs> yeah. I've rooted for them ever since the lottery line with, with Nugent Hopkins, Taylor Hall, and, and, and Everly. Yeah. But it, it just it seems like every year they kept drafting forwards, these really good for, uh, scoring forwards. But it, I was like, you guys forget that. You got to stop pucks too from going into the net. <laughs> it's, well, yeah, it's a big factor. But I always wanted to. Um, but I, my last question about that series, Jody, is um, is even though there's going to be no fans there, is going to be is there some sort of home type of home ice advantage for Edmonton? I don't think so, man. I would love for t- to say yes, and maybe just being in familiar territory. I yeah. I guess a little bit. I guess a little bit being in their arena. You know, they're proud of their facilities in their arena. I think, I think that'll give them a little bit of jam. But when you're playing hockey, man, with without your fans yeah. uh, disrupting the opposition, that's home ice advantage. So to answer your question bluntly, no, <laughs> you have to have fans on the. You have to have fans intimidating and chirping and chanting and roaring and and. Yeah just providing that wave of pushing you out of the building to have home ice advantage. All right. So let's stay in Edmonton and let's keep it in Canada because we kind of, I love this series yeah. uh, because it's kind of a couple deep teams uh, to be honest, uh, Winnipeg and Calgary going to go at it. And you know, the flames are pretty deep uh, defensively. They're pretty deep. Uh, they don't have a ton of weaknesses there in Calgary. Although they don't have a ton of star power either, it's 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 kind of just a a solid team going up against the Jets, and obviously the Jets come in with uh, the advantage in net. Uh, uh, Connor Hellebuck, uh, probably the best goaltender in hockey, or one of the, if not the best goaltender in hockey this year. Uh, but also kind of a, a a deep team. They've got some firepower. They've got Blake Wheeler and Patrick Lane. Uh, what are you, what's your feeling on the Flames and the Jets? I really like the Flames. I mean, I really like Giordano as a leader. Uh, I really like Kachuk as a pest. Uh, Lindholm is a great pickup there. But I think that Paul Maurice and Blake Wheeler with Kyle, with uh, Connor, I, I, they just, and then the goaltender, Hellebuck, they're, they're good. I, and I think they play, they're so intimidating in their own building. You know that they're, they're they have the smallest building in the league, but they have the lar- the, the the fans are right on top of you. It's just an it's intimidating awesome. place to go into. Um, I I think this. I looked at it initially and thought it was a tough one to pick, but I think the Jets come out of this series. I think that again, it's a team that had kind of a rocky year. The way they started with Bufflin being out and and players walking away, it was it was kind of chaos and disruption right from the start. Uh, they didn't really know what they were. They knew what they had. And for Hellebuck to be, uh, you know, in the running for the Vesna for the top yeah. goalie in the National Hockey League on this team tells me he's got great leadership skills. Uh, this team 
has got some quiet skill, but they're a hardworking blue collar team. And I love Blake Wheeler. He's a big guy yeah. uh, with such great skill. It's going to be a heck of a series, but I see this going to the Winnipeg Jets. Okay. So now you have next series. Coyotes. Joe's team. Uh, first, no, not the Coyotes, the Predators, uh, which I think is probably one of the most interesting matchups. I think on paper, um, aside from their play this season, the Preds have <laughs> one of the deeper lineups in the league. And, uh, uh, but they have, for whatever reason, the past like year, year and a half, they have just not meshed well. Coaching change. Uh, it'll be interesting to have John Hines, uh, coach against uh, his former prodigy and taylor hall against the coyotes i think that'd be kind of a cool uh interesting thing happening yeah. there but uh you know I, I think there's a lot of question marks for the preds specifically i think pecorini is going to be on a super short leash um uc's been playing super well um but uh what are your thoughts on that series i mean i i, I haven't seen the coyotes a whole lot uh this year but um i mean they started hot they started real hot the Coyotes are—they're well coached. I mean, Rick Tockett's a heck of a coach. They're—they got some good young skill, but I think the Preds win this series. I mean, they've got great goaltending. Uh, they've got some players that understand, uh, you know, that their window in that organization is closing. I think Forsberg's a wonderful power forward who kind of gets lost from time to time, but. For some reason, I think the Preds come out of this series. I hope the Coyotes win this series. I feel like, you know, with I love Rick Tockett. He's full of character. He's one of the greatest people in, in hockey. Um, and he gets those guys playing hard every night. Now, in saying that, the, Pre the, the Coyotes – see, I could be talked in the other way here. The Coyotes' <laughs> goaltender is back. He was one of the best in the league before he got hurt. Yeah. Um, but I don't know. I think the Preds, as many holes as they have at times, I think that they've got – so much, so many players with a lot to prove that have been, they, they've, they've made some noise the last few years in the playoffs. I think that uh, the Preds win this series in this strange tournament that we're talking about. As much as I don't want to say it to Joe because he lives in Nashville and he has adopted the Preds as his team, uh, which, is fa which is fair. Mm -hmm. uh, but man, the, the amount of guys on big contracts on that team that just aren't doing anything this year uh, is crazy. But Not I yet. hate... I hate to admit it, but man, that that's a team that has dramatically underperformed. That can be one of these teams that's just crazy dangerous in this yeah. reboot. And you can make the argument for the Coyotes who, you know what, are in the playoffs now and probably shouldn't have been there. But uh, when their goalie got hurt, they, they really stumbled a little bit. So yeah. that's true. All right, next series, and the last one in the West here, Jody. Uh, we got Vancouver and Minnesota. Uh, you know, it, it, Devin Dubnik is, is kind of struggled this year, but I've gotten oh. a solid performance from Stalock. Uh, and then, you know, it, it, the Minnesota has been one of those teams that we, with Bruce Boudreaux has, just hasn't seemed to have been able to get over the hump. You know, and then on the other side, you got Vancouver, who, you know, I absolutely love uh their young talent uh oh. what is it? uh brock besser um bo horvat who else who's Pedersen. Quinn Hughes. yeah quinn hughes and elias Pedersen. uh you know i i love their young talent they're a nice up-and-coming team how do you see that one playing out i love Pedersen and hughes i mean that's an, that's another that Pedersen to me is such a competitor um 
I don't get the wild. I don't I love Billy Garen. You know, I love Ryan Suter. He's been there a long time. Um, but I don't, I don't, I just, I, I, I've never been excited about watching them play. I, I, I like the Vancouver Canucks. I love how skilled Travis Green has them playing, uh, you know, a tough style of hockey. He's a good coach. He's a great young coach. Um, I think the Canucks take this series. Their goaltending is sharp. Uh, and they've got good young talent that, you know, I mean, Pedersen's a star in this league already. So, and Quinn Hughes, I mean, people are raving about him as, uh, as one of the best young players we've yeah. seen in a long time. Yeah. So I think the Vancouver Canucks and, and you remember they picked up uh, JT Miller a couple of years ago, just a great fit. So the way they're built, I go Canucks here all the way. All right, let's swing it over to the other conference. Let's swing it over to Toronto. Uh, if you say it properly, <laughs> uh, and let's talk about the Eastern close. Conference. Yeah, cl- well, listen, man, I do my best. <laughs> okay. Toronto. 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 Uh, uh, let's talk about the Eastern Conference. And again, same question as the, as the Western Conference. Let's talk about that top four real quick because, uh, wow, Boston, Tampa Bay, Washington, Philly. A uh, little different than the West where some of those names in the West are a little surprising from their previous years to this year. There's no real surprise here in the East in those top four. Uh, again, kind of the same question. Your thoughts on that top four, and and do you think the the team that comes out of the East uh, comes from that top four? Well, I think the Metropolitan Division's been so tight. I think Philly's a bit of a surprise when you look at that top four. I think you could have wrote the other three automatically in September if you're going to pick top three in the East. Um, Philly gets in there. I like Philly. I think they've got uh, an interesting team that's playing a different style right now with Vino. Um, the lightning, they've got the most to prove to me. They're, 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 I mean, with, with how they ended last year, they had the longest summer. They didn't expect it. It was like, you know, it was like ice cold water thrown on them. They, they were in shock and they had to wait. As I talked about, you have to wait for the summer to end. Then the regular season to get done. Now this case, the pandemic to get over, to get back in this, Another lightning. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Exactly. Here we are. They're going to start in August. So yeah, for me, the lightning uh, are going to be, I think the top three teams are going to be a handful. The capitals want to want the cup back. They want to be swimming in the fountain and partying again in Washington. Like they did two summers ago. Uh, the lightning wanted, did they it. party? Did they party? <laughs> <laughs> the lightning want to reprove themselves, not as the best regular season team ever, but, as the Stanley cup champion, they want that cup. And uh, I think they, so two teams like that are so motivated. Then you have the Boston Bruins who they just get it. They just, they just get it. They just understand Chara, Bergeron, Marchand. It's it's an organization that if you could build one, you would build it like the Boston Bruins. So those three teams to me, look out. Quick questions. Was that not the greatest vendor, cup vendor you've ever seen in your life from OV? Oh, that was, I mean, listen, I think the guys from the eighties probably chuckled and said, yeah, that wasn't bad because they didn't have cell phones and cameras and people videotaping them everywhere. And they're probably thankful for it. Uh, But yeah, as far as documented, that's the best we've seen. But um, yeah. And then then the quick question uh, before we move on to uh, the next series, um, Philly, have they finally found their goaltender? I mean, that's basically for Philly, but uh, you know, Hard to hurt, you think, is the, is the answer for them, huh? The way they play, the way they talk about him, it sounds like it. 
It definitely sounds like it to me. Hey, he's no Brian Boucher, my buddy. He's, uh, <laughs> he's got off to a good start. Okay, let's move on here to uh, the Rangers and Carolina here, uh, uh, Jody. You know, Carolina is, is another one of those teams where not a lot of star power, kind of like the Flames, not a lot of star power, but they play so well together. I mean, Peter Morazic hasn't had the best year, but they also have the Curtis McElhenney in net, so they got a kind of a dynamic duo in net. Then the Rangers on the other side, I mean, you have Hank, uh, Hank just begging for a cup, and Panarin has just been, you know, our, our Temi Panarin. He's amazing. So, uh, how do you, not that you know that. Yeah, not I that know you know that. that. <laughs> <laughs> I definitely know that too well. I, you know what? Uh, Dougie Hamilton's back. That's great. The Hurricanes, uh, you know, they picked up Trocheck. They've got, they, they play, a, they don't get the respect that they should have. Yeah. Uh, but, Listen, I love Curtis McElhaney. He's one of the greatest people in hockey. Uh, he was here in Columbus. For me, the goaltending three-headed monster in New York is going to be dangerous because it's, a, it's an amazing situation they have. They have Panarin, who's the MVP of the league, in my mind, as far as what he went to do in New York. It's a vantage ad. Um, they've got good mobile young D. At the end, when just before this ended, they were the, one of the hottest teams in the National Hockey League. Yeah. Uh, for me, the Rangers win this series. And they're a team that is in a rebuild, but you look at them and think, wow, that was a quick rebuild because they were <laughs> they played some good hockey when things were happening there at the end. Well, and that would that would continue a trend because the Rangers 4-0 against Carolina this year. But yeah. that three-headed monster and goal is gonna have their work cut out for them because Carolina's the best team in the league in possessing the puck in their offensive zone. So, yeah, I mean, Carolina, and that's what I mean. They don't get the respect. And you watch them play, and you're like, wow, they play hard. They've got Justin Williams back. Yep. Uh, he's a no-nonsense guy. They've got Rod Brendan Moore. Um, it's hard to bet against them, but it's going to be a great series. But I'm going to go with the Rangers because, for me, that's the that's that, that seems like the pick. It's the way they were playing at the end of the year there. That's interesting. You say Panarin, MVP of the league, even after the years that Pasta and, and your boy Bright title has had, huh? Yeah, I, I just think that for Panarin, uh, it, he had a coming-out party uh, in a, on a bigger scale this year, on a bigger stage, uh, in an organization that was uh, trying to rebuild. And it just shows you how, how dynamic. I think a player, great players make players around them even better. And I think he did that. And it's, you know, we watched him here how hard he works in a game, how hard he works in a practice, how much he loves hockey. Um, he's got an MVP work ethic and personality. So I'm, maybe I'm a little biased, but I think I, I see what he's brought to the Rangers. And I think that uh, that's why I say that because it, there's a, I saw him up close and I know that he brought many more things than just scoring goals and, and doing the, the uh, rocket leg kick. I think that he brought, <laughs> he, he brought some MVP excellence to that locker room. Love that. Love that. All right. So you got uh, Florida Panthers uh, versus New York Islanders and teams that are a little bit on opposite ends of the spectrum. You have the Islanders that are pretty sound defensively. They have uh, led under Barry Trotz, who has a pretty good pedigree as a head coach. And yeah. you have the Panthers who are high octane offense, um, 
They have a pretty pretty good goals per game average. Uh, what do you what's your thought on that series? The Islanders, easy pick. Wow. Built for the playoffs. Wow. Playoff coach. Wow. Um, they're not going to waste any shifts trying to figure out what they are. They've got Barzal playing a, that 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 uh, trot style already. Their skill understands the work ethic. They've got a great fourth line. I love their D. Uh, Boychuk and Letty, what a pickup a few years ago. Hard to play against, take up a lot of space. Islanders win that series. I mean, could Barry Trotz go to any team like 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 an Anaheim and just figure out how to win? I feel like yeah. that guy. Yeah, I think he can. I, I, mm-hmm. he, it's a system. Him and, and Lou Lamorello's got a you know a presence there. There's, um, yeah, there's a lot of respect, and there's one way to play, and it doesn't matter who you are. And, and that's really as an athlete, that's what you want to hear. This is how we're doing it. You got to do it too. Uh, in hockey, you can have success with that if you can get the buy-in. Lots of love for Barry Trotz love Barry in this Trotz. preview. Yeah, who doesn't? But uh, the coach yeah. of the other two, exactly a slouch. No, no, I, I know you're right, and uh, it was a good. He's a good pickup, but you know, he is it really his kind of team? I mean, you know, he's yeah. he, he's he had some great veterans when he went to Chicago uh, in Quenville, and and you know, I just there's some good veterans down there, but I just think that Trotz has got more of an identity with his team. I think they're all, it's one package. You know what I mean? Like he's, he's had the time to put the work in with the guys to get them to play a certain way. All right, Jody, before we get to your team, we've let Joey talk about his team a little. We've let Chad talk about his team a little. It's time to let me talk about my team a little, the Pittsburgh yeah. Penguins and the Montreal Canadiens. Uh, the Pens coming in, uh, uh, some pretty good goaltending, obviously Matt Murray with a lot of playoff success, but uh, Tristan Jari, uh, has was an all-star this year, top 10 in, in uh, a lot of goaltending stats. Uh, Jake Gensel coming back, uh, high-powered uh, Pittsburgh Penguins against uh, the Montreal Canadiens who are playing hockey, uh, which uh, they were just about mathematically eliminated before everything happened, uh, and now they are in it. Uh, obviously, uh, anytime you can put a, a guy like Carey Price in the net, uh, you never know what could happen, so... Uh, what are, what are your thoughts on Penn's Canadiens? You know, everyone wants Carey Price. I get it. He's a great goaltender. He, he's, he's an elite goaltender, but the reward for stopping the puck so many times is getting the goals. And, and, you know, I love Tatar. I love Thomas Tatar. I think Domi's a great player. He's trying to figure out where he's fitting in there this year. Shea Weber, one of the best leaders in, in, I think in the game by far, but Sidney Crosby, listen, he's one of my favorite players, one of my favorite people in hockey. Um, he understands how to win. Uh, I feel like they've got something to prove. Malkin says he reinvented himself this year. I think he did. He had a great yes. season. Gensel's back. Gensel's uh, – there's one thing. They picked up Sherry, who was there before. He's back. He's with Crosby again. I'm not sure that that's a perfect fit, but he is – he's got the speed, and he can think the high level of Crosby. Um, I – I know everyone wants Montreal, except you and the Pittsburgh fans, nope. wants Montreal to be that pick nope. that Carey Price that upsets <laughs> them. But I don't see – I can't see it happening. I think that, um, you know, there's a certain way to play in a playoff series that is um, – it's really a stubborn way to play, and I think the Penguins understand how to do that. I think they win this series. Yeah, I, I, I like your train of thought there. I like your train of thought there. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you would. <laughs> and finally, let's bring it on home – with the hometown Toronto Maple Leafs playing in their own building with no fans. 
against your Columbus Blue Jackets. Obviously, the Jackets, uh, man, they love stopping goals. Uh, They love love low scoring. Uh, They have a little bit of trouble scoring goals. uh, But uh, a a name that we're really familiar with here in Cleveland, uh, Corpusalo and Nett, as well as Merzlikin, you know, They've lost a lot of close games. They've had a hard time this year putting teams away in close games against the Leafs, who are kind of the opposite. Again, love scoring goals, really don't like stopping goals. And uh, they got a big question mark in that, but so much firepower. Austin Matthews, uh, uh, Nylander, Tavares. Uh, So how are you feeling about your Columbus Blue Jackets against the Toronto Maple Leafs? The Leafs have got an unbelievably talented team. And... You know, they're dangerous, but I love what the Blue Jackets have been through the last three playoff seasons. Matt Murray gets hurt. Uh, Fleury comes in. Blue Jackets think they've got an advantage. They end up losing that series. Fleury stands on his head. They realize when the goalie goes down, it doesn't mean you're not just going to win the series. The next year, they go to Washington. They win the first two games in Washington. They come home thinking they got the series wrapped up. And they realize after losing four straight, you can't think that in the playoffs. Anything can happen. And then last year, they upset the best team ever yeah. during the regular yeah. season uh, in four straight. Yeah. And uh, then they go on to Boston and they get disappointed when it's done because they felt like they could have beat Boston. If they did, they would have faced Carolina, which probably would have meant they would have went to the Stanley Cup Finals. And that confidence they got from winning – uh, the disappointment from losing. This group is still together. I know there's a couple key players that are gone from last year, but Felino, Wierenski, who won in Cleveland. There's, I think there's six or eight guys that have won in Cleveland yeah. together. There's a real good group of guys here who understand how to play playoff hockey against skilled teams like they did. They can go back to the tape on Tampa. They can frustrate, and they have to wor- outwork uh, the skill of the Toronto Maple Leafs. If they do and they get timely goaltending, I'm going to go with the uh, Columbus Blue Jackets in four games. I mean, I know I'm biased. I know I work for the organization. Get this man a raise. Get him a raise. I know I'm supposed to say that. I know I'm an ambassador. (laughs) I'm telling you, if I I break it down, I really believe, and I love the coach and John Torrell. Now, I will say this. Sheldon Keith, to me, is such a, a, a great hockey mind. And I know he has immersed himself in this last four months yeah. uh, or three months since he found out it would be the Blue Jackets and how to beat Torts. He, to me, has got complete buy-in from his players, but it's going to be a fascinating series, and I think the Blue Jackets win this series three games to one. I actually don't necessarily disagree because uh, it kind of goes back to your point of who, uh, which one of these teams are going to really buy into this four-man, this playoff. And the Blue Jackets are a team that have just had success dangling in front of them. It's been so close. And I think that going through what they've gone through, they they hopefully will realize what it takes this time around. And um, I think they got a pretty good opportunity to do so in this first round. I think, and when you realize that you have missed opportunities in the past and you look around and you still have the familiar faces, um, I think you owe it to each other. So I feel like there is a sense of that. There's also the sense of they have no respect. Torch is going to tell them that. You know, no one's talking about them. They're talking about the Leafs. 
they always have something to prove. They're faster than what people think. Um, they've got players no one knows about in Texier and Foodie, um, Bemstrom. These are high-end players that play this. And when you play for John Tortorella, it's hard. It's a, it's, it's, it's a, it's a demanding yeah. system to play. So, listen, I know the people in Toronto think, think the opposite, and that's fine. I believe this Blue Jackets team uh, is going to be very difficult to play against. Now, when you say, uh, you know, you love what they've been through in these last three playoffs, you know, going into a series like in Toronto, like, like, okay, what is it that they do have to do to, to, to win? You know, essentially, I guess, I guess keys in this series, like how do they have to play against a, a better skilled team? So, you know, a better skilled team to be able to, to, to beat the Maple Leafs? Well, what they did against Tampa, um, and you remember the scene in Braveheart where uh, the whole line was holding, oh. they all had spears, hold, yes. hold, hold, and then you strike. I think that's a great illustration wow. of what they need to do. You need to buy in to the hold, and it's hard to wait to lift that spear. But when you can, you lift that spear. Um, so they in the neutral zone, they kept things really tight. And Tampa wants to make the cross-ice pass. They want to speed, cross-ice pass, enter the zone, curl up, cross-ice pass. And they shut down all the cross-ice passing lanes. Um, you know, and, and you do that by not getting stretched out. You'll see in the series, the Blue Jackets won't have a four-checker chasing someone behind the net on a controlled breakout, they'll back off in the neutral zone and say, we'll give you that zone. Yeah. We're going to stay compact and we're not going to let you go crisscross, sauce ice uh, pass, gain speed. And you'll see guys like Dubois, uh, who's going to play against Matthews maybe. As soon as he gets the puck, he's going to smother him. And these guys will get frustrated within a game, within a series. And that's what happened to, to uh, Kucherov. Kucherov got suspended last year in the yeah. playoffs. You get frustrated as a top-end athlete with expectations, and that's what they're going to do. They're going to take away between the dots. If you look at the dots that run up and down the ice, there's eight of them. In between that area, the Blue Jackets will be together and compact and ready to jump to offense. Listen, not only is he a good company man, he picks the right beers, the partners of the Blue Jackets. <laughs> uh, Jody Shelley, uh, one last thing here for the, for the season, then we're going to get out of here. Uh, if we held your feet to the fire – we held your feet to the fire what two teams are coming out at the end and who do you think is the stanley cup champion at the end of this i mean as we sit here today i'm gonna pick uh i'm gonna go with and we haven't played a game yet i'm gonna go with out of the west i'm gonna take the st louis blues because i think that they they just want it back. It's their cup. It hasn't. It's been a weird year. I think the St. Louis Blues with Tarasenko back make it to the Stanley Cup Finals. And in the East, I got to go with the Columbus Blues. Yeah, Jets. get All after it. <laughs> I don't even like it. I don't even like it, but I like it. All right. <laughs> <laughs> Why not? Let's see it. That's all that matters. Boys, but write it in the wall of your garage. Boys, by the time <laughs> this airs tomorrow morning, uh, Thursday morning, we're going to be just a couple days away from hockey, and uh, life couldn't be better than that. Uh, Jody Shelley, you took us from an incredible career 
uh, the pride of an enforcer. We got to talk about that enforcer uh, conference that we're going to get set up. Uh, we're going to need your help with that because yeah, nobody's going to listen to us. So we're going to kind of need your help with that. Uh, to uh, to the cool things you've done in Yarmouth, Nova Scotia. We've done the preview right. and, and everything else, Jody. This was so awesome. Thank you so much for joining us, giving us all this time here tonight. Uh, we look forward to listening to you. Uh, call Blue Jackets Games if you want to tell the people where, where they can listen to you cover Blue Jackets Games. Yeah, we're on Fox Sports Ohio. Yeah. We'll be there covering the first two rounds and uh, actually the whole playoffs. So follow us on Fox Sports Ohio. So if, if, if the Blue Jackets do what Jody, she Jody Shelley says they're going to do, you're going to be able to listen to Fox Sports Ohio for the next couple months, uh, which would be very fun. You can catch him on there. Uh, but Jody, thank you so much for joining us. This was an awesome time and uh, have a great time calling this uh, reboot of the NHL season. And, uh, and, and, you know, just again, thank you very much for joining us. Hey, it's my pleasure. Great job, guys. Uh, it was nice to spend uh, this time with you guys. I appreciate the questions. And, hey, we'll uh, talk to you again. Wait, before we go, Jody, uh, obviously when Columbus makes it to the finals, they're going to win it in four games, right? Well, let's not get greedy. Though. Let's not get greedy. <laughs> St. Louis might get one. All right, Jody Shelley, everybody. Uh, thanks, Jody. Thanks, Good guys. luck with everything. And that was Jody Shelley, the color analyst right now for the Columbus Blue Jackets. And as you just heard, the uh, one of the most legendary enforcers, uh, maybe the most legendary enforcer of the 21st century in the NHL. Uh, our thank you uh, goes out to Jody Shelley. Again, catch him on Fox Sports Ohio as he covers the Blue Jackets um, as they take on the Toronto Maple Leafs. NHL starts on the 1st, so that's just a couple days from now. And uh, like I said in the interview, we're about to go from no sports to baseball. <laughs> hopefully baseball, as long as the Marlins didn't ruin it. So hopefully fucking baseball, basketball, hockey, soccer. We got all kinds of shit going on. Uh, and, and, and the best part about it is we're going to get sports. You're going to get basketball, especially basketball, a little baseball, but basketball and hockey you're going to be able to turn on your TV at noon as you're working from home, like all of us pretty much are, except for you, Chad. Uh, you're going to be able to turn on your TV at noon and just have basketball and hockey for the rest of the day. Yeah. It's yeah. going to be great. Yeah. I'm, I'm going to be dangerous on the road because I'm just going to be watching it. <laughs> <laughs> don't do that. Don't, Chad. We do not. We don't endorse that. We don't condone that. <laughs> do not drive and watch sports. Real quick before we go, guys, real quick before we go, I just want to get your thoughts on it. How bullshit was that Joe Kelly suspension today? Oh, the Joe Kelly thing? It was absolutely, yeah. it's warranted. It's, well, but it's, it, it's, it's warranted and it's worth it. It's warranted and it's worth it. I, okay, I agree with that because he does have a history of throwing at people. But yeah, but you found out, here's the other thing you found out baseball, you found that out in Cleveland with Emmanuel Clause. Baseball is not going to alter suspensions based on the length of the season. So they suspended him for eight games, which is totally fair for a relief pitcher. He's a relief pitcher. They're not going to alter it because it's a 60 game season. And he fucking threw at him on purpose. He threw it like three guys on purpose and never hit any of them. It's, it's, it's not even a matter of the 60 game schedule for me. It's a matter of the circumstances. You don't, you don't suspend any of the Astros for their roles in the incident. No, what they do. What they do? No, he's talking about the cheating. Yeah. Oh, well, I mean, well, okay. Yeah, but that's uh, okay. I mean, t 
grasping for straws. Uh, of course, the whole Astros team should be fucking suspended. That I, was part. That was part of that. I would bet that that is not the first suspension uh, from a no. pitcher throwing at the Astros this season. I think it's going to happen quite frequently. Worth uh, it. It's a shame that fans aren't there to contribute to the situation, uh, but you're going to get that from probably every team. In- Joe, you might get some Jody Shelley situations, right? Yeah. He told us the story about when he got called up for one game in Columbus just to fight and then got sent back to Syracuse. You, you might get that yeah. with some teams facing the Astros. You might, especially teams in their division that really harbor some frustration. You might get somebody called up. Hey, hit that guy. All right, you're suspended, but that's cool. Nobody cares. Uh, I tell listen. you what, a little off topic on that, but if the season gets canceled because of the Marlins, it's that is worse than Corey Coleman missing the pass to save the <laughs> one game win of the season. Like that is like the, who gives a shit about could, the Marlins? Did we just play the rest of the season without the Marlins? I mean, like, like who are the Marlins? Exactly, exactly. Now listen. Listen, I think I think the to be honest, let's be real fair. I think the Astros handled it well. This situation, okay, uh, clarify that. <laughs> no, this this yesterday, uh, Bregman had a ball thrown intentionally at his freaking head, and he just kind of dropped his stuff and went to first because I think the Astros are succumbing to the fact that they understand that this is just going to happen to them all year. Uh, I think you know Correa. I think Kelly said something to him after he struck him out. I think Correa got a little, eh, but, but nobody, there was nothing. It was no big deal. Kelly threw it again. Kelly threw it like three guys and missed him. He did. So you, like, know what, you know what Kelly said to him after he yeah, struck him nice, out? Nice, yeah. <laughs> I mean, so, what do you think? I'm an Astros fan. I'll always be an Astros fan, but this team deserves every bit of balls thrown at their head that they're going to get this year. Yeah. I don't think they deserve balls thrown at their head, but I think they deserve to get hit with balls. I, just, I think they I deserve to get hit in the ass with a few balls. That's fine. But yeah, listen, head. no, not the head. And that's that probably is why Kelly is suspended as long as he is, is because he was chucking balls high and inside a lot. There were a lot of high and inside ones there. And it, I, I'm shocked that, that the Astros took it as well as they did. Cause I don't know, man, I think in normal circumstances, if a team wasn't under the pressure, the Astros is under, they probably would come at them hard for all that, what, what Kelly did. So eh, no big deal. Listen, that's what's going to happen this year to the Astros. They're going to have to just deal with it. And, and you know what? If you're the Astros, you just take advantage of it. You're going to get a lot of guys on base. A lot of guys are going to get hit. Make them pay for it. But, uh, yeah, I also love seeing them get thrown at because I think what they did was nonsense. Just don't throw it, Michael Brantley. Don't throw it, Michael no. Brantley. He is don't throw it. Because, uh, yeah, yeah, just – Michael Brantley can hit without cheating. So yeah, he's our, he's our, he's our special boy. So, all right, that's going to do it for us here on the garage beers podcast. Uh, we got some more really awesome guests coming up. He's our special boy. Uh, we got some more great guests coming up, but our special thanks goes out uh, tonight on the eve of the NHL season. Jody Shelley, the color analyst for the Columbus blue jackets. Again, you can catch Jody and his broadcast team covering the Blue Jackets against the Maple Leafs. And if they get past the Maple Leafs, whoever they take on after that, on Fox Sports Ohio, uh, hockey is back, boys. Uh, and uh, uh, listen, if you're a listener of this podcast and you're not a huge hockey fan, turn on your TVs during the day and watch this hockey and you will never go back because as Chance the Rapper said, as they say in hockey, let's do that hockey. 
So, uh, boys, you got anything else you want to throw in before we take off? In my minute, and in my minute madness rant, I'm t- I told everybody, I told you guys, if you if you have ever been interested in hockey, to, to see what it's all about. This is the time to watch. Yeah. So turn your on because there's no other postseason like it. Uh, catch our boy uh, Jody Shelley Sunday at 8 p.m. Sports Time Ohio. First game, Sunday. Uh, Fox Sports Ohio. That's what I said. They're two different things. <laughs> uh, Sunday, 8 p.m. Blue Jackets, Maple Leafs. Should be an awesome series, to be honest. They should all be awesome series. I'm real excited to watch it. So, uh, again, thank you so much to Jody Shelley for telling his stories, for the cool things he's done, uh, especially charity-wise, especially up in uh, Yarmouth, Nova Scotia. Uh, and, uh, and we look forward to listening to him. So, for Joey over there in Nashville, for Chad over there on the east side, we're going to see you guys next week here on the Garage Beers Podcast. I am Michael Keefe. Like us, subscribe to us, share us with your friends. Thank you for listening and uh, to all you out there. Cheers, everybody. The motto for 2022 is out with the old, in with the bold. And if you're ready to revamp your career, your relationships, or your money this year, check out Modern Life. It's a new podcast and newsletter from Fidelity Investments with fresh perspectives from people defining success on their own terms and tips to help you do the same. Search Modern Life wherever you find your podcast to follow and subscribe. Keep in mind that investing involves risk. The value of your investment will fluctuate over time and you may gain or lose money. Fidelity Brokerage Services, LLC, member NYSE, SIPC, 900 Salem Street, Smithfield, Rhode Island, 02917. Thank you.